Hello and welcome to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. Not just for Louisiana, but for the entire northern Gulf Coast. And now, introducing your host, Alan DeRitter. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the January 25th uh, version of Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. I'm Coach Alan DeRitter from De La Salle. I'd like to start off our show with a prayer. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. So, God, thanks for letting us have this show. Thanks for letting us have this season. Thanks for letting the season continue on. Pray for all those teams that are in quarantine that do not affect their playoff runs. And pray for the teams that are... Um, really that are out there that they'll be able to uh, finish their season strong and uh, with no regrets. In Christ's name we pray all these things. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, everybody. We have a, uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, a very boy-related show today. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, we're going to have Galstar in the next segment. And all y'all in LA Prep, y'all definitely know who he is. And uh, what he means to at least the boys' side of the game, and uh, and and he's going to give his spin on, on this real final week that we have in order to uh, get ready for the playoffs. And I'm hoping girls out here. I promise you, I'll try to get somebody on here from the girls' side for net for next uh, for the next show. But um, the girls, though, the situation seems like it's it's settling in. Uh, Division one, as we talked about last week, is is uh, solidly in control of Dominican, and then Mount Carmel now is number two, and then you have Captain Shreve and St. Joe's with seven ties. Okay, they're in the top; they're your top four seeds, um, and and with some powerhouse teams like Scholastica, Mandeville, Bird, North Shore, last year's state champion, uh, sitting in the wings. I think Division one girls. State championship run is going to be as exciting as it was last year, this year. In Division Two for the girls, Lakeshore seems to be in the driver's seat, but not by very much, okay? Uh, but uh, St. Thomas More is in the second seed, uh, followed by Neville and, and a very hungry Vanderbilt Catholic, okay? Uh, I'd hate to run into Vanderbilt Catholic if I was in, in the girls' uh, uh, Division Two, And... Um, Anyhow, uh, it's kind of funny how the girls are in Division Two, and I think the boys are in Division Three. But uh, having said all that, you still have some heavy hitters below them. Ben Franklin is five. Cattle Magnet is six. Okay, and uh, Turley's Catholic is not gone. They have a losing record, but but they have a tradition there, uh, sitting outside the top ten. When it comes to uh, when it comes to Division Three, St. Michael the Archangel uh, is is sitting on top. Loyola Prep is second. Uh, with University and Parkview Baptist, you can't get a loaded top more loaded top four than that. Okay, some dangerous teams beneath them are St. Louis, Edie White. Okay, and uh, and and uh, I, I don't know anything about um, Sterlington and West Feliciana, but uh, but uh, they've had some pretty decent seasons too. In uh, Division Four, you have Washita Christian, Ascension Episcopal, Grace Christian, and Newman. Uh, making your top four. Uh, I don't know if that's what I was going to seed out in a week. Uh, Catholic New Iberia, Episcopal Acadiana, uh, Episcopal Baton Rouge, Pope John Paul II, Sacred Heart of uh, uh, New Orleans. A lot of these, uh, you know, traditional powers are sitting outside of the top four. 
and uh, it's setting up to be a heck of a race and for the girls. And uh, I, I really hope that um, uh, this this year is, is going to be very fruitful for the fans. And uh, I'm hoping that we have good sportsmanship throughout. And we definitely have a lot of, a lot of things to look at and and uh, and, and keep up with. Uh, anyhow. We're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, I'm just going to shut up, which is probably a welcoming thing, <laughs> and uh, and let Galstar do the talking on Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. We'll see you after the break. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. And I'm privileged to have on the show Joe Gosha, better known to y'all as Galstar or Galstar. Welcome to the show, Coach. All right, uh, Galstar. <laughs> welcome, welcome, and yeah, Coach fits uh, any any name really fits at this point. And this uh, whole Galstar thing is. Uh, it's gotten a little out of control. My wife uh, told me that I need to stop referring to myself as Gall Star in the third person. She's about tired of it. But I told her, I said, "Hey, that's that's part of the act, honey." You know, it is. <laughs> I don't know, but it's like uh, you work so hard, and uh, and uh, and uh, it's just uh, it was just natural for me to want to reach out to you because of all the people in the state of Louisiana that has a, has their finger on the pulse of what's going on. I think you have the best. And uh, and so, anyhow, uh, I appreciate. I'm sure everybody who's listening to this appreciates it. When I was doing the Lusher uh, Jesuit broadcast, uh, the comments were, well, "Where's Goldstar?" <laughs> you know, I felt like I should have just called you and just shut up and let you come in on the game. <laughs> yeah, the, my my comments are uh, sometimes soccer related and sometimes they're not. Um, you know, I just really, at the end of the day, I'm probably the biggest kid um, that you're ever going to meet in a 45-year-old's body. And um, something I said recently uh, to, to Mr. Troy DePriest, I know we have a mutual friend there. Yeah, we do. You know, I said, I, I wish somebody would have come along and been the gall star when I was coming up. You know, I wish somebody... And, and a lot of people last year, they said, hey, look, your, your son's graduating from Santa Ma. What What's that going to mean for um, your involvement with Louisiana high school soccer? And I said, well, last time I checked, <clears throat> I didn't report on much of my son over the past four years. Uh, you know, Santa Ma certainly got a little more attention, but I tried to... Uh, be pretty objective and actually go to quite a few games. So uh, I know you covered the uh, Vanderbilt uh, Loyola game. I was at that game and, um, you know, spoke with both teams, one of them prior and one of them post game. And, and I've, I've gone and <clears throat> had the pleasure of speaking with several teams this year all over the state. And I just, like I said, at the end of the day, I, I like being around it. I wish somebody like, all star would have existed and and given their time as freely as I hope to do uh, you know in the years to come and this year so well, we really appreciate it and um uh Troy wanted me to ask you to start off the show about something you said you went to the Shaw Hanville game and you talked to Shaw beforehand I'm kind of curious about what that was yeah so uh Troy had asked me to come in and speak with the team uh, of course, he said, uh, you know, we have all different types of people come in 
and um, share different things about their life. And, and, and for me, one of the things that I always try and tell young people is we're only given, um, really only given one thing. And, it, and it's the most important thing that we'll ever possess. And that that's our name. And it, it's on our birth certificate. It's on our tombstone. And from the point of entry to the point of exit, our, our name means something at, at every point. And we, we determine what that name means and, 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 and we determine uh, how important our impact is into society and into the world. And, and, and if you're going to protect something, you're really going to protect something in your life and take care of something, take care of your name and make sure it means something to somebody. And that, and that was my basic message to the team. And the way I um, kind of gave it a correlation to the game was it's a bit different because we, we have a scoreboard, um, but that scoreboard of our life is between us and our, our uh, heavenly father. And it doesn't matter always what the score is. It, it just always matters that we're doing our personal best, you know, to make a difference and get better. And so it, it really um, drives home the message of, of, of uh, self-control and, and self-preservation and making sure that we're accountable for ourselves. And I think too often in society, too often in the world, you know, we, we, we don't, don't see that enough where we're accountable for ourselves. I know I certainly uh, look for that every time I hire someone in my business. I want to see do they do they have self respect and are they accountable for themselves and how they conduct their life. So that was that was the message that we shared with the boys that day. Amen. I mean, that's what really we're supposed to be doing with sports, you know, uh, bringing them to that point where they'll be productive in their lives and learn these skills in soccer. So we're definitely always been on the same page there. Uh, thanks for sharing that. Are you, uh, do you now I'm curious, do you have your finger on the pulse of the girls as much as the boys, the boys, you have your finger right on it. But for the girls, would you be able to comment on the girls at all? No, you know, I the only thing I can tell you about the girls is one of my dear friends is now the head coach at St. Joseph's. Oh. And um, so I, I'd i speak with him, uh, not, not every week, but at least probably once every two or three weeks via text or a quick, quick chat on the phone. And so um, he had one of the great comments that I've ever heard is he said, you know, we're the best tying team in the state. <laughs> and I looked at their record and I think they've, they've tied like eight or nine times at this point. <laughs> and uh, he said, it's just amazing their ability to tie other teams. He doesn't know that there's ever been a team that could tie as well as his team can tie. So um, that's the extent of my girl's knowledge. Okay. Um, I, I, I did show up. I, I will tell you one of the, my favorite things I got to see this season, though. I showed up a little bit early at the Bird-Captain Shreve game, and uh, Captain Shreve and Bird's girls were playing. And, uh, man, the boys, they need to step it up because the, the fans, the passion on the field, I mean, I was just like, golly, I wish I was here for the girls game. Heck with these boys. This is this is where it's at. I mean, it was great. And uh, Captain Shreve ended up winning that game one nothing. But the uh, passion from both sides, the parents, the girls, everybody, it was wonderful. And it's certainly not 
uh, something that I wouldn't be interested in. It's just that I have to kind of pick my battles. And because I've always been much more familiar and much more aware of what's going on on the boys' side, I spend the majority of my time there almost exclusively. Gotcha. Well, let's go there then. Let's start with Division One. Um, you've been you've been watching these teams uh, throughout the, throughout this time period, and you know I, I keep hearing that uh, St. Paul's is is in jeopardy, and uh, which uh, I, I don't know uh, what Division One teams uh, really strike your fancy right now as a team that might be able to go the distance. Um, my, my number one team, uh, I've been on them all year. I actually started on this team when they were ninth graders and almost got kicked off the board because I would do, I would cover the Catholic ninth grade team and say that the the varsity better hope they don't have to scrimmage them because it's not going to be good. And I would get little inside Intel about scrimmages where this ninth grade team was actually beating the varsity team. So I've known about Catholic for four years. My son played with almost half, maybe more of that team. And they are very good. Um, With that said, Jesuit is every bit their equal. So if I had to say right now, if depending upon how the board falls, I would think we're probably going to see a Jesuit Catholic final. But Catholic has a loss on their record. And that loss uh, came at the hands of St. Paul. So I, I think it's a three, three horse race with two of those horses being a bit prettier than the other one. Um, just based upon what, what I've seen and where, where I think the teams are at um, the team outside of the, that top three that I've been most impressed with. I've gotten to see them play twice. Now I'll go see them play again, maybe twice this week. They're playing a Catholic tomorrow night. And then they're playing Santa Ma later in the week. But is Denim? Denim is loaded. Their only problem that I've picked up with them is their uh, ability to finish. They uh, have great buildup. Probably the top two, top three midfields in the entire state. But Denim Springs can flat out play. And they're a team, you know, I always root for those public schools because uh, it's a little bit different in Division One, not necessarily in the lower divisions, but Division One, they've got fewer numbers a lot of times of pure soccer players, but Denham has no shortage of soccer players, and they are very good. So my, my top four, um, I would go Catholic, Jesuit, St. Paul's, Denham, kind of in that order. Okay, so you saw Captain Shreve play, and Captain Shreve and Bird are three and four. You think that power ranking is uh, is just inflated? Yeah, it's inflated. I mean, they, they play, you know, those guys up in the north, are, they're playing a lot of games. Bird is um heavy senior-laden uh, team. Um, they definitely look like they were, in fact, the first five minutes of that Bird uh, Shreve game, the score should have been three, nothing bird. Now they only ended up scoring one of those goals and it leveled out as the game went on. Shreve got a little more comfortable, but never to the level that I, uh, that I thought they were on the, you know, same, same level as uh bird. I think birds a, a better team. They're a deeper team. They played the game um, from the 15-minute mark with 10 and actually put another goal in to go up two to nothing. 
And it wasn't until very late in the game that Captain Shreve lost a player to go down to 10. And then actually Bird lost another player. The final play of the game, one of the weirdest things I've ever seen, the game ended on a red. And then the free kick wasn't actually taken. And uh, you can imagine the excitement of the Shreve coach to congratulate the ref on on that uh, huh. opportunity not to take that kick. <laughs> so, yeah, but so I, I think if you were to ask me where I think Captain Shreve and Bird are, I think they're somewhere. Um, I, don't, I don't think they're as good as uh, Santa Ma. Um, I, Mandeville, I don't think they're as good as Mandeville. I think they're somewhere in that a fair number would be probably closer to that seven, eight mark, which is still great. Yeah. But I just don't see them as a, a, a top five team at all. And I know power rankings lead us to believe, but I, I don't see that. My eye didn't tell me that. But two very good teams, definitely in the top eight, not in the top five. Gotcha. Okay, anybody else you want to talk about with Division One before we move on? You know, the only other team that has really piqued my interest is uh, Southside. Um, they're a young team um, in that Lafayette area. I have not gone and seen them play. I, I, I'm a person, I'm a, a, a stats junkie, if you will. I look at numbers. And people often start laughing when I say, yeah, I'm going to put it in the computer and see what the computer spits out. But I do. I, I run some quick little numbers and I start looking at it. And I got a really good friend in Uhi Cubs one that will run numbers, certainly as the season goes on with power rankings and stuff. And I think Southside is a, based upon results, exclusively on results. I think they'll make a final eight appearance this year. And if they're as young as what people are saying they are and they're not graduating anyone, I think that's a team next year that might be a um, contender for the state championship. So that's a big shout out to Southside, but I've been very impressed by them as the season's gone on. They've gotten better uh, all season long. Okay. Okay, that's good to know. Now, Division Two, um, it looks like it's a one-horse race, but I don't know. I haven't seen St. Thomas Moore play. Uh, what is your thoughts about D2? I I think it's a, a one-and-a-half horse race. I think, and I know last week that um, Ben Franklin got beat pretty handedly by uh, Holy Cross, but I, I think that that I think I really think Ben Franklin has a better better day inside of them than that. I mean, Ben Franklin tied Santa Ma this year. Um, I watched Ben Franklin play University High at the uh, Lion Cup. I was very impressed with them. They played level with uh, U High for the most most of that game, and I don't think anyone uh, doubts how good U High is. So, I've seen Ben Franklin play twice. One of those games was a 0-0 tie, and then they lost in PKs to Santa Ma, and the other one was, I think, a 2 nothing loss to U-High. I think they're definitely still a team that can compete with Holy Cross. But, you know, Holy Cross is, is so good. And then when you add in their two coaches, you know, I mean, is that really even uh, – even fair to have that much talent and then have two coaches as talented as those guys. I, I, I just think that they got the best of everything and they got the best facilities and I don't see anybody touching them in D2 other than maybe Ben Franklin, St. Thomas Moore. 
lost a lot from last year and watching them play. Uh, I watched a video of them play against Santa Ma. I was, uh, you know, last year I thought they were much better when they played Santa Ma. I think it was a three, one Santa Ma game. And I said, well, St. Thomas Moore is still really good, you know, and then Santa Ma left that game completely beat up. They were a big, strong team. I didn't see that this year, still strong, not nearly as big. And they don't look like, uh, they look a little bit of a shell of what they were last year. And so I, I think it'll be Ben Franklin, depending upon how the brackets fall. I think you go Holy Cross versus Ben Franklin in uh, D2. Okay. Yeah, it would depend on the brackets, it looks like. And it looks like there's some D2 teams that shouldn't make the playoffs that are going to make the playoffs due to lack of games played, you know? So. Yeah. All right. It's interesting. Yeah. In D3. You know what's, go ahead. No, you remember last year, what was funny was uh, McKinley was the talk of the town that, you know, they yeah. weren't going to play enough games. So this year we uh, we made sure we got them enrolled in some tournaments and lots of games. And uh, Troy sends me a note the other day and he goes, hey, doesn't look like McKinley's going to play enough games again this year. And I said, well, I have no idea how that's possible because – we were at one point, we were 17, 18 game schedule. But then when you go and look at their uh, season schedule, I think there's eight postponements on their schedule. Can you believe that? Eight yeah, yeah, postponements for yeah. one team. Yeah, because of COVID. I mean, my team's on my team's on lockdown right now. And I'm lucky that we're going to be taking off a lockdown on the 29th. So that's going to mean I'm going to have to play four games in five days. Uh, but uh, uh, which is going to be horrendously hard to do. Um, um, but anyhow, I totally believe it. Uh, I was doing contact tracing all day yesterday. Okay, it's it's just yeah. miserable time time to be a soccer coach right now. Yeah, I, I don't I don't envy anyone in that scenario. So, okay, well, in Division Three, uh, uh, who do you, so you agree that university is the bell of the dance? <laughs> So, you know, I know uh, university and, 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 you know, some of these people might get mad at me. I don't care. Uh, I, I didn't understand what university was doing. I went and watched them play Santa Ma, their only loss of the season. Uh, Santa Ma got up on them. Bridgewater got loose, got behind their back line and put a goal in on them. And uh, so once you score first on university and then the game starts getting late, University has a really, really, really great defense, but when they have to kind of open up a little bit and try and go and get a goal, it they become a different team. And then so Santa Ma was able to put two goals in on them uh, in the back half of that game, just where they beat they beat University over the top because University was no longer holding their shape. So I like University a lot. But in that game, they had an all-state center defending mid um, playing at left wing. And since they've moved this kid back into the middle where he's always played, they haven't been touched. You know, nobody's nobody's gotten up on them. I mean, they just look like a totally different team. So I will preface you uh, high and say as long as they keep Chris Botcher um, – in the center defending mid and and then have a uh, rider Holcomb in front of him. That is about as good a one, two combination. You know, we talked about Denham having a great midfield. Well, that is a phenomenal midfield right there. 
Uh, and I will, I, you know, I watched Lasher play twice now. Um, it looks like to me, if Lusher kind of like you gets up on you early, um, they're going to be really tough to beat. But most of what I've seen from Lusher, their goals and their goal scoring opportunities really come from set pieces, throw ins, things of that nature. Yeah. And if you looked at that Jesuit game, yeah. that that was shut down by a really good goalkeeper from Jesuit. You you can throw it in the box all you want against him, and he's going to go and make you look like an amateur. Well, Uha has a really good goalkeeper, a senior goalkeeper that's got good size. So I don't see Lusher's throws being a big problem for uh, U and and set pieces. And, and in the high school game, if you've got a good goalkeeper, people have no idea what that means. Huh, I you, can, you, can, you can stay in a lot of games that you probably otherwise would. Yeah. You preach it to the choir there. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, all right. So uh, of course I'm in D3, so I kind of know a lot about a lot of these teams and all, but, uh, uh, I, I really think below below the, the the lower end, like from 10 to 24, any of these teams could be any of these teams. And uh, so it's going to be a little fun to watch in the beginning. But at the end, you know, we'll see. North Vermillion, a lot of people aren't talking about, but they're they're undefeated. You know, have you seen them play? So I was supposed to see Loyola and North Vermillion on Saturday. I was actually going to broadcast that game, and then okay. it got canceled okay. due to the rain. Okay. Um, so I haven't been able to see North Vermillion. The last time I saw North Vermillion was in Uhai um, Stadium getting drummed like six, seven to one um, in the state quarterfinals last year. Yeah. Or maybe even the state semifinals. And, um, but look, they, uh, they had an impressive team last year and they did some really good things, lost a couple seniors. I stay in really close contact with one of the dads in that area. His son graduated kind of like mine last year. And um, everything I am hearing, um, other than the one game against St. Thomas Moore, they've, 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 they've not only been in the game, but dominated the game. The game against St. Thomas Moore would understand their goalie um, kept them in that ball game, including saving a PK to end up getting the one-one tie result. So kind of putting that all in perspective and looking at who they've played, you know, how they've done against various competitions. I think North Vermillion's probably a nice um top eight team in the state. I don't know if they're a top four team in the state, um, just based upon overall numbers. If I had to give you a top four looking at results and looking at the quality of the teams, I would probably put Edie White or Parkview, um, Loyola, UI, and uh, and Lusher. Those would be kind of my top five, that those teams. And, you know, the funny one was uh, Edie White and Parkview, when those two played, I was really high on uh, Edie White, and I think they jumped out to a 3 nothing lead. And it'd be easy to figure out why number three up top for Edie White can flat-out play. That that kid, can he'll score a goal on anybody. And uh, I was like, and Coach Ray had basically said, oh, no, no, you know, Parkview, they're going to they're gonna win that game. You know, they'll stay in it. Well, when they got up 3 nothing, I was about to go to the board and start posting how smart I was, and thank God I didn't because – the game ended up four three for Parkview, 
Yeah. With that said, I, I think those two teams, Washer, Uhi, and uh, maybe uh, one other could, you know, North Vermillion maybe, but I think they're probably down around number eight if, if, if I'm feeling the, the board correctly and the results correctly. Okay. Now, one thing, though, because uh, uh, I played Parkview with De La Salle and I and, uh, played Edie White. When Edie White came to play us, it was after the Parkview game, and they just got their football player back. And uh, uh, and so – Oh, I got you. Yeah, so it's like since, since they've had their full roster, they're undefeated. They tied Lusher, and I think they're really dangerous, y'all. I really do. So, yeah, and I was at that – I was at the Lusher-Edie <clears throat> White game. And um, number 19 for Lusher showed really well that night in the center mid. And he was a bit dangerous. But other than uh, a few, you know, 25, 30-yard shots uh, and, and throw-ins, I've never seen a game dictated more by throw-ins, both sides. But both teams were incredibly dangerous with their throws. I mean, they were putting in five, six yards in front of the gold mount. And the Edie White keeper uh, did a really phenomenal job that night in that game, uh, keeping that game leveled at 1-1. So, yep, I've seen Edie White. I've seen Lusher. And uh, I think D3 is the most open of all the divisions. Okay. Um, with being able to say that five to six teams would have a real chance at winning the whole thing. But if I had to pick one right now, I would pick you high. Gotcha. D4. Let's not leave these guys out. D4 is always fun. Um, do you think Pope Joe oh, yeah. Paul is, is the team to beat? I hope. I, you know, I really like their coach. I, yeah, I got to talk great. with him. Yeah. Oh, God. Can, you can't meet a nicer guy. And yeah. uh, he plays along well. He didn't want to talk to me for a little while because uh, I, I sent him a song, you know, after the uh, – Slidell game that, that 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 score really surprised me. Slidell, I think, beat them two to one. And then finally, after a few days, you know, he he came around and he sent me a little note and said, "Yeah," he said, "Man, it was just such a tough one. I've been in a funk, didn't want to talk to anybody, and and you know, so he took that that loss pretty hard. But they rebounded really nice. I mean, they they tied. Uh, I think that was North Lake Christian. They tied." And then they went into PKs and, and, and won the PKs. So they ended up winning their, uh, their division. And uh, Pope John Paul feels like uh, the real deal. Of course, you know, Newman has played an incredible schedule as they always do. I think they're the, like the team that if, if I could say there's a Rudy and uh, Louisiana soccer, somebody that's not scared of anybody, I'll go play anybody. They don't care how big and strong and fast they are. Those guys, uh, they play a tough schedule, and I know Pope John Paul uh, got them finally after uh, several years of trying, but uh, that was round one, in my opinion. I think round two might be in the uh, state finals, so Newman's a really good program. Wow. I got to play them Saturday. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, have fun with that. Yeah, I'm going to try. Well, one of my former players is the assistant coach over there, too, so... So, you know, there's some contact there. But uh, Pope John Paul has my nephew on it. And uh, and uh, I was just amazed for a Division 14 that they have a roster that just eclipses half of the, the lower division teams that are out there. They look like a Division 1 team, you know. So that program has been slowly built, and it's maybe time to oh, catch them. 
Yeah, I've had fun with them this year because uh, they were supposed to, right off the bat they were supposed to be at the Lion Cup, and I think that for COVID reasons they ended up having to not not come to that tournament. And then uh, so I picked on them for a few weeks, you know, about not coming, and you know they didn't want to have to play uh, Santa Ma and you know all the normal stuff that Golf Star stirs up, and then uh, finally got to see them uh, play Vanderbilt in the uh baton rouge tournament and they ended up losing that game to vanderbilt but um i i don't know i think they said they were down a couple of players and after i left that vanderbilt game i was a little concerned that maybe they weren't what i thought they were but then when they beat newman and north lake christian they tied so they've had a few scrap head scratcher losses and then they've also had some really great wins so I think Pope John Paul has a great chance and uh, I like a lot of their parents that I communicate with on the board and I really like their coach. So I hope, hope Pope John Paul wins the state championship. I could be very happy with that result. Right. All right. And um, uh, so really you got to call Newman. Newman wasn't even your dark horse. They're at 12 right now in the power rankings. So is there anybody else that maybe thinks you think you can make some noise in D4? You know, I'm, I'm not. No one's coming to my mind, but I mean, North Lake Christian could. I mean, they could certainly. You know, yeah, they could make a deep two, run. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I, I mean, I, I think Catholic New Iberia or one of the yeah, they're undefeated. Schools, yeah, they're undefeated. But I went and looked at their schedule, and it it doesn't feel like didn't feel like there's enough there yet for me to get real excited, but you're undefeated. You're undefeated, right? I mean, you yeah. beat everybody that's come in front of you. So, but, uh, the team I'm most familiar with is Pope John Paul and, and, and I've gone and actually watched them play a couple of times now. And, and I really like what I see there. Um, I always like Episcopal of Baton Rouge, but they seem to be a little bit off the mark this year. Not as, not as high up as I would have, uh, thought after the great year they had last year, but they could have lost quite a few players. So their coach Kieran over there does a great job. Always liked him a lot. Awesome. Okay. Well, this is uh, everything I expected. I appreciate you taking your time out with us and uh, hopefully we'll maybe run into uh, to you in one of the games in the playoffs. And uh, I hope one day my team's good enough for you to come see us. Okay. <laughs> Well, yeah, and uh, one of the things we're going to keep uh, trying to do, Coach, is, uh, you know, we right now um, I watched your broadcast the other night um, with Jesuit and Lusher, and good Lord, I mean, that's a beautiful picture and very professional. And um, right now, you know, I go and do games with an iPhone. So uh, at some point I'm going to have to figure out how to look more like you and, and emulate um, the quality that you bring and, and certainly all the things that you do for the high school game. I don't, I don't know that there's a person that contributes more, um, than you do. And it's very well noted and appreciated by a lot of people. We certainly don't thank you nearly enough. We, uh, we appreciate it though. I know my son always appreciated your coverage. 
Well, that's really means a lot to me. Thank you. But I don't think I could hold a candle to you because <laughs> I, I really can't get out to see everybody play like that, you know, but uh, it's, it's awesome that you can. And, and I've learned to trust your opinion quite a bit. So uh, I'm glad yeah. you retired. And, oh, yeah, we're working, we're, we're working on, yeah, we're working on getting a cameraman. That's the one complaint people have uh, with my broadcast is I just start watching the game and forget to turn the camera. So um, U High Cubs one son is graduating this year, and he has uh, agreed to come and be my uh, my technical director and cameraman and et cetera next year. So we hope to possibly do at least two to three games a week next year. Um, and we hope to continue to do two to three games, even with the limited um, capabilities of the iPhone, the rest of this season. And um, we'll just continue to announce those games, um, what you know, when we're going to be at them. So this week, it looks like tomorrow night, we'll be doing Denham Springs versus Catholic. And then Wednesday night, we're going to make the trip over to uh, Mandeville and catch the Mandeville-St. Paul's game. Oh, that's actually within. Oh, yeah. That I won't have to talk much for that game. There'll be enough. The kind of like the Bird Shreve game. I mean, there was a lot going on the whole time, and two teams that really don't uh, don't send probably uh, a lot of Christmas cards to one another. It's kind of <laughs> nice to watch. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, we'll catch Santa Mon Denim. Um, towards the back end of the week. So we've got a lot of really great games and, and people can just, you know, hop on. It's on Facebook and they can hop on there and watch. And, you know, we love comments and I don't call players names a whole lot. Um, I really work on calling the numbers and then I allow like parents and grandparents to basically, you know, type in the kid's name, but we've had some cool stories, you know, grandparents that had never seen their child play. Um, since they've been in high school, one of them last week from the bird tree game chimed in and said, this is the first time I got to see my grandson play. And I'm his grandma in South Carolina, you know, uh, just cool things. And, and that's what, that's when, you know, you're hitting the mark when you get to see the fruits of your labor produced and meeting those kids from bird last week. Um, I can't, I can't tell you how exciting that was and how gracious they were with greeting me and uh, saying hello, you know. So it's been a lot of fun. It's pretty interesting. Never know where life's taking you uh, when yeah. you start doing some of this stuff. Yeah. Are you doing a lot of good? Well, thank you very much, and uh, uh, may God bless you and your family. Take care. Okay, well, that's a wrap for this week's Monday Night Football. Like I said, next week, we're going to be spending more time on the girls. And uh, not going to slight the boys if I can, though, but uh, it's just whoever I can get on the show, I try to get on the show that's worth listening to, you know? And uh, I'll be seeing you out there on the fields because of COVID. My, my team has been um, quarantined, and so now we're, we're in a position where we got to play four games in five days, and that's going to be really, really tough. Against real quality opponents, uh, my boys' team, we got to play Lusher, uh, Newman, and uh, St. Thomas Aquinas on the road, okay? Uh, so that we have our hands full on my boys' team. And uh, and we got to play a team that we really uh, had a real hard time with and lost to, Patrick Taylor. So 
I'm going to be very busy, uh, and uh, I'm sure a lot of y'all who are listening are going to be very busy too, watching the power rankings uh, hour by hour. I, I really appreciate um, the moderators who put the power rankings up uh, and, and keep updating them. It's been a real um, pleasure to not have to do all that work to find out where you're at, so I appreciate that from all of y'all. And I guess we'll say goodnight, and uh, we'll hopefully see you next week on Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. Thanks for all the positive comments you have given about the show, in the la- and especially in the last few weeks. And um, I'm hoping that we'll be able to see a lot of y'all during the playoffs. Uh, God bless you and your family. Got Carpe Diem in Christ. Take care.